Welcome to The Neighbor Next Door, a podcast about the power and importance of neighboring. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, and as usual, I am joined on the virtual front porch by my colleague and neighboring, Adam Barlow-Thompson. Hey, good neighbors. Welcome to the front porch. We are excited this morning. It's it's morning where we are, um, wherever <laughs> you are, whatever time it is. We're excited to have a guest on the podcast uh, to talk about a kind of different version of neighboring that we often get questions about, but that Matt and I don't have a lot of experience with, and that's neighboring from life in an apartment. And so I want to welcome Nathan Hansen to our virtual front porch. Welcome, Nathan. Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me on this exquisite virtual front porch. <laughs> yes, yes. We laid out the virtual lawn equipment here on the front porch, virtual swing, porch swing. So it's very, it's very fancy. Um, yeah, so we're, we're going to talk a little bit about neighboring from an apartment. We've, we've gotten uh, over the years a lot of questions about this, and we've only have like, you know, anecdotal kind of things that we've come up with that we were like, well, this might work. But today we're going to test those theories by seeing what Nathan has actually done in real life with neighboring from an apartment. But before we do that, Nathan, why don't you kind of introduce yourself? Who are you? How'd you find the neighboring movement? Why is this something that is interesting to you? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, a pastor at a church here in Wichita called uh, the Wheatland Mission. And I started following uh, the neighboring movement, following you guys. Um, it must have been about five years ago now. I think, Matt, you actually came and spoke um, at our church sharing some of this stuff. Um, and that probably was my first introduction to it and have been following it since. Um, and uh, a few years ago, about four years ago, I remember I met up with Matt. Uh, we got coffee and I was moving into an apartment uh, on the south side of Wichita, and after being kind of following some of this neighboring stuff, I was really excited. Um, and I came to Matt, and I was one of those people asking questions. Uh, but I remember I, I said to him, I'm so excited uh, to, to do neighboring in the setting of an apartment because I feel like it's going to be so much easier. Like we share so much stuff, you know, we share literally, a, a, we share a trash can, we share a parking lot, we share stairs, we share a lawn quote unquote, kind of a lawn, uh, <laughs> we, we share a lot, this neighboring, it's going to be even easier. Matt, uh, in his kind Matt way, <laughs> like, um, sorry, we've actually heard it's a lot harder, uh, <laughs> not any easier. And, uh, boy, were you right. Um, <laughs> and, and your reason, uh, was, was, uh, the turnover, just the turnover of apartment tenants being uh, really short and that proved right within year one uh, of being there i think I, I have six doors immediately in my building next to me and i'm the top floor and uh all of them were were turned over in a year uh, mm -hmm. after, I, after i had moved in so it it proves true curious just like 
how many neighbors do you feel like you met and had a relationship with? And like, what were some of the things that you did to, to meet both meet them and then to like extend the relationship beyond just maybe a first, you know, wave and hello? Yeah. Um, I mean, the perk of turnover is you meet a lot of neighbors. Um, <laughs> sometimes many in the same year in the same apartment, but uh, several um, close long-term like relationship uh, neighbors. Um, it's interesting, you know, like, like any moving into any place, there's that kind of, uh, almost awkward, um, like staring contest of who's going to come and introduce, you know, yes. is anyone going to break the silence? And, uh, <laughs> I, I'm an introvert. I very much relate with, with Catherine whenever she's on the podcast. Um, uh, and any, anytime any of you talk about, you know, kind of neighboring as an introvert. And so it was definitely a big, uh, stretch for me to go and make the introductions. But the nice thing is, is you're, you're running into each other all the time. I mean, you're, you know, in the parking lot together all the time, taking trash out, you're out by the lake, whatever. And so there was all kinds of opportunity. And I um, have one of your guys's neighboring tips, uh, a really adorable dog um, goes a really long way. Walking nice. the dog, um, was maybe the biggest way I was able to <laughs> A lot of other dog walkers and, and kind of walk together a little bit um, and uh, just sharing sharing space. There was a, uh, a pro to that, you know, um, mm -hmm. you, it was easy to reach out uh, and, and talk. And one of the biggest things I learned was uh, I think communication, like an open line of communication between you and your neighbors might be more important um, in an apartment life because uh, there's a constant checking in of, uh, hey, am I being too loud in my apartment? You know, hey, mm. I had people over last night. Uh, was I too loud? You know, is my dog barking when I'm gone? I, I don't know. I have any way of knowing that, you know, and that went such a long way, um, especially when there was neighbors where, when I got their phone numbers because we, we would communicate with one another um, and check in. And just that line of communication, I think, is even more important when you're sharing so much uh, space. Yeah, that's yeah. great. I know that's that's another thing I had not thought of. You know, we recently um, were challenged by another person who's had similar experiences. We often will say like, neighbor with the people who live in the eight houses closest to your own. And they were like, why don't you just call them homes? Like, then you don't have to like worry about if it's a house or not. And I think that you're naming really well, like, they're just, you know, you're stacked on top of each other, but mm -hmm. your homes actually impact one another more so maybe than like Matt and I who live across the street from each other. Um, right. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a good, that open line of communications really is helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, it once with some established relationships, it, it became an incredible mutually benefiting gift. Uh, we'd let each other know, you know, when, uh, a UPS note was on your door, you know, and I, I got texts like that. We'd let each other know um, little things uh, all the time. You know, there's something by your door. Um, did you feel that earthquake? You know, stuff like that. <laughs> we just let each other know. It was, uh, yeah, yeah. It was really a blessing. Yeah. So but, our, our podcast listeners may not know, but right now in Kansas, there's like earthquakes like every other day. It's so weird. Yeah. Which is not a Kansas thing. But yeah, yeah. It's pretty pretty weird. 
something something I learned really early on, and this is I told you, Matt, I was like, I, I just got some failure stories, you know. Yeah. Maybe I'll <laughs> add to it. But something I I learned that it sounds silly to even say, but in order to be a good neighbor or even a great neighbor, which is what I hoped to be, you have to start by de- being a decent neighbor. Um, and <laughs> I learned that the hard way, just in, you know, this, these are the cons of, of sharing space or what can be cons um, mm. in little, little ways. What one was, uh, and I have this particularly angry neighbor. I'll just call him angry neighbor. Uh, and he's two floors below me. Uh, and we, we built a relationship, but it was after all these, these kind of angry interactions with them. Uh, but a lot of them were my own fault. Like I, I'm not a really great parker. Uh, I am in a hurry often, even when I slow down to do a good parking job, my depth perception must just be completely off. Cause it's, I would just have horrible parking. And, uh, <laughs> he finally, he finally confronted me about it. He came to my door and, and he really let me have it. I mean, he yelled, you know, about my parking and he mm. was completely in the right. Uh, I, I mean, of course, don't love how how he did it because um, I totally would have taken that in a conversation. But um, <laughs> right, right. he kind of screamed at me for a while and I, I took it on the chin because I knew I was wrong. And from that moment on, I would try so much harder <laughs> when I parked. <laughs> uh, and I, I actually kind of had to tell myself every time it, it actually turned into when I would go back into my car and repark it after I got out and looked at it. <laughs> As I was doing that, which is a very frustrating, annoying thing to have to do, yeah, I'd have to tell myself, okay, this is neighboring. Like, it should mm. be, it should be a given, and it shouldn't even have to be, have to be done. But that's my own fault. And by doing this, I'm, I'm neighboring, even though it's kind of the bare minimum of neighboring. Uh, I kind of had to tell myself that. And then mm. another time with him, uh, I had. I have this dog and we have kind of really just one little square of lawn immediately in front of, of grass and immediately in front of our doors. And I, I had always done a good job. I always clean up his, his poop and stuff. Uh, we, you can, we you can say poop on the podcast. Okay. okay. It's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but uh, we had a new neighbor come who had a dog and would never, ever, ever clean it up. Oh. And I did I should have probably went and talked to them and we could have, you know, had a clean lawn. But instead, I took the approach of, well, if they're not going to clean up their poop, I don't know why I'm going to try to keep this lawn poopless. Now I'm saying poop a lot. Uh, but <laughs> The poop gates uh, have opened. It's just. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the gates have opened. What a, what a thing to say when it comes to that. Um, this neighbor comes to my door again. And same exact thing, um, screams at me for, for this poop. And he's again, completely in the right. Again, would have loved a conversation, but, uh, (laughs) he's, he screams at me because for the poop and, and for him, his window actually kind of comes up and it's like a ground level window and he loved to have his window open and and the smell is right there. And so I felt, I felt horrible, of course. Um, so then, Mm -hmm. You know, from then on, I, I of course clean up uh, my dog's poop and this other neighbor's dog's poop, and I had to tell myself, I'm neighboring right now, even though this is an obvious, it's a given, I like it counts, you know. <laughs> yes. Wow. So just that thought of like having to be a decent neighbor, um, 
It seemed obvious, but I actually had to kind of learn that before trying to be any kind of a good neighbor. I mean, I, I really want to celebrate what you're describing because I think part of it is like, because neighboring is, I, I think it could be described. I mean, I've never thought about this before, but it could be described as like a series of very small moments. I'm not going to describe picking up poop as a small moment, but I'm thinking about the parking in particular of like um, an inconvenience for you, for sure, but something that clearly mattered a lot to this neighbor, <laughs> enough for him to be upset about it, right? And and so like sometimes neighboring, it's just, it. I mean, it's being decent, but also thoughtful of like, here's something that matters to someone else more than it matters to me. Like, mm -hmm. I, I think it's, I'm safe to guess that you wouldn't have been upset with any of your neighbors if they had parked poorly. You, you yeah, 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 wouldn't have screamed at them. <laughs> <Correct>. <laughs> but there's, there is something really significant about like the consideration. And, and that's, I think probably that must be an aspect of apartment life is because of the compressed space there is a heightened consideration of like mm -hmm. every noise that I make, like, is it getting through the walls every, mm -hmm. you know, all these interactions. I don't, you don't have that buffer like you have, you know, if, yeah. at a house where there's a yard and a driveway and a garage and all those pieces. Yeah. So you're right. I think those little moments, those little unseen moments there, they might not even be seen or appreciated at all. You have to, believe that they're being that they're adding up to something that you're it's adding up to having a good neighborly relationship and and actually that that same guy angry neighbor uh <laughs> one day just within this last year i was about to walk outside of my door get in my car and as i'm packing things up i hear him screaming at someone outside this was a regular thing but this one <laughs> i don't know if you could have guessed that but uh <laughs> But uh, I heard him screaming at someone, but this one was interesting because I could tell he was screaming at a, a thief who was getting into his car. Um, oh, and I hear this happening. I'm like, well, I, I need to go make sure nothing crazy happens and start to walk out. And by the time I get out, he's running down this guy. Um, this guy's getting on his bike, running, going away. And he's, he's screaming at this guy, uh, running at him a little bit. And I get down to him. We kind of meet back up near the cars and ask about what's happening and he says you know i saw this guy right out my window getting in the car and i just you know jumped out and screamed at him and i was like man i'm really glad you got him in time he was getting into your car and he said no he was getting into your car and uh <laughs> i it it really hit me hard like okay we're neighbors like <laughs> yeah you use your gift of anger <laughs> you use it on my behalf i mean quite literally didn't even think about it you know ran out and, and stopped this guy from getting into my car. That's yeah. right. The founding belief of the neighboring movement is that every person is gifted. And when they <laughs> use their gifts, they experience wholeness and the community gets stronger. And now I know that even this gift of anger can yeah. be used to make the community stronger. Don't don't discount the angry neighbors. You, they, they have something to give. <laughs> Thank you.
So I guess one of the things that we always try to get people to do when we have guests is like, really, what is like a really practical tip for an apartment dweller who wants to be a better neighbor that you might offer? The communication one is, I feel like the most practical and the most unique department life, um, which does take you initiating, I think, if, if you're the one thinking about this kind of intentional neighboring, I think you have to mm-hmm. open up that line of communication and be the first to, to start asking just those constant questions. And they became constant questions between me and neighbors of, hey, were we too loud last night? You know, those, those things. That's, to me, really a really practical one. And then, I mean, to be honest, from there, uh, it's a lot of the things you guys talk about a lot. A lot of these seemingly very simple and obvious tips uh i never i never thought of and when practicing them it just it, it blew me away um like the, you spoke about gifts and it hit me at one point that uh the definition of gift can be a lot looser than than i ever thought um the place that i was in the specific apartment where i was me having a car was a gift uh, mm. And I don't think of that generally as a specific gift, but where I was having a car and being willing to take some neighbors places, um, my next door neighbor who I, I grew, grew closest with, uh, it was quite often, uh, that's a gift. Um, and then in doing that, you know, he specifically my next door one, uh, he wanted to pay me every single time, you know, he wanted to pay me gas money. Mm. I was like, no, man, we're, we're neighbors. This is, this is just fine, you know? And, uh, but it took me a lot of him asking that to finally realize that I'm actually not letting him be a neighbor to me mm. if I don't, you know, somehow exchange something, you know what I mean? Um, yes. yeah. right. I, it really, it hit me hard that I was being kind of the, you know, the savior complex kind of thing, just like, you know, oh, I can help you, but you have nothing to, to, to give me. You don't have to. Mm. And. So uh, uh, his gift um, to me that I never would have thought is a gift is that he's home a lot, uh, which mm. not having a car might have something to do with, but um, he did work, but he was home pretty much anytime he wasn't working. And me with just my my job, I was really all over the place a lot of days. And so uh, I started asking him favors that having to do with just being there, uh, whether it was taking my dog out for me or watching my dog for a whole day when I knew I wasn't going to be home, uh, or asking him to pick up a, you know, UPS delivery or something for me. Mm-hmm. These, these things I never would have thought of as gift, but he had a gift for me and I had a gift for him and neither are things I, I knew were gifts. But, um, when you're living that close to one another, those things, especially, they really are gifts. This one question I'd like to ask is about your own. We've heard people talk about like developing a neighboring muscle, right? Like that our our neighboring muscle has atrophied in our culture, and and that we have to practice. We start small and we kind of strengthen it. It grows. And I'm I am curious if you feel like neighboring was something that you got stronger at, or that it became more comfortable, or does it still feel like it takes a lot of intentionality on your part? Yeah, I think as I, 
as I was doing it in this apartment, it felt difficult, you know, for the introvert reasons and, and all kinds of things. It felt really difficult. And then I'm, I'm now, uh, I just moved out of this apartment. So I've now added to the statistic of short apartment dweller, um, <laughs> which I'm ashamed of. Um, but I, I, for work, just uh, moved over kind of to this, this new house hmm. and I'm starting all, all over again. And in one sense, I'm, I'm mourning the loss of the relationships that came of the apartment that I didn't even know were as strong as they are. You know, one mm -hmm. particular, we're, we're for sure going to stay in touch. And, and, uh, I mean, I call him a friend over even just a, a neighbor. Yeah. Um, but then on the other hand, I'm, I'm starting over and I'm way less scared to do it. Um, mm -hmm. I'm meeting my new neighbors. I've only been here one week, but I'm meeting them. And I'm just so eager. I'm so eager to meet them, which feels weird as an introvert and someone who's always seen their home as like, this is where I get to, you know, retreat. Uh, I'm so eager to meet them and to just begin learning the the street and, you know, the the doors closest to me. So, uh, yeah, it definitely it definitely uh, grew that that neighbor muscle. I think I learned just in general from the whole experience that. Um, just because something is temporary doesn't mean it can't be home. You know, uh, you can make a home, make a, something, a place very special, even if it's going to be temporary for you or those around you. Uh, it's what you put into it, you know. I hope this is really encouraging for folks that live in apartments, because I do, I think you've just framed it so well. Because of the people, because of the temporariness of moving in and out, it can feel like this does, it may not be adding up, it may not count. But just the way you're describing it, it, it does count and it does matter. And it's really a wonderful gift. Um, so yeah, so I'm really grateful um, for your willingness to share this with us. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of The Neighbor Next Door and a special thanks to Nathan for uh, joining us on the front porch. Um, again, you can learn more about our work by visiting our website, www.neighboringmovement.org. Uh, and there you can find neighboring tips, resources, and uh, other information about the work that we're up to. A special thanks to Christopher Swanson for scheduling all of our interviews and keeping us organized, as well as Jenna Moody for her editing work uh, and uh, making me sound like someone who doesn't pause for long periods of time between each thought. Uh, the music that you hear in the background is provided by Brutal Bear. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Until next time, happy neighboring. Happy neighboring. Happy neighboring.